Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. With college football right around the corner here, we're bringing on some of the head coaches throughout the state to join us. So today joining me is the the new head coach at Central Connecticut, it's Coach Adam Lechtenberg. So coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate what you do. Absolutely. So I want to start, I mean, for those who, who remember you, had a previous stint at Central back in the early 2010s. How's it been being back here now for uh, you know a few months and ramping up for your first season as head coach here? It's been awesome. I mean, a lot of uh, familiar faces, uh, the administration, a lot of people on campus that I remember from my time here that were very good friends of mine. So it's been awesome to reconnect with them. Uh, and obviously, we had a, we had some success when I was here last time. We have similar kids, hardworking, tough kids, and so I'm very fired up and excited to be here. Uh, so it's been it's been a really cool deal. My wife is from Connecticut, so to have her back home uh, near her family has has been a plus as well. So as you've been gearing up for this season to start, just in a, in a couple weeks, you know, I know you've been a, a part of a ton of preseason camps a, as an assistant throughout your career. What's it been like getting to put your mark on this and have this be your first you know preseason camp here that you've been running fully? Well, it's it's definitely different. I mean, there's a different uh, different responsibility load. Uh, you're worried about a lot of different things. And when you're an assistant, you're worried about your position group and everything we do. And I'm, as the head coach, you're worried about the whole team and every scenario, every every uh, thing that could go wrong. You, you're trying to prevent and uh, trying to help practice be facilitated in an efficient manner. So it's definitely a different uh, a different feel for me having having to kind of be responsible for all of that stuff. But, I, but I've also really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed, we do some leadership academies at night with our assistant coaches and uh, I've enjoyed getting to know the players better. You know, we get to spend more time. Camp is a great time for us because uh, as a football team, you're that's the one time where you're all together for a few weeks at a time. And so you end up having a chance to build relations with each other as, as well as with the coaches. Uh, so that's been fun for me. We got great kids and it's been fun to be around our guys. So so where what's the status of things at, at this point in in camp, you know, maybe what are we a week week plus out for, from the opener? Where, where are you from a you know preparation standpoint uh, as you head towards that opener? Well, we've had last week was kind of our big push in terms of uh, you know everybody gets this way in camp where you've had a bunch of practices in a row and your camp legs are kind of gone and you you want to push these guys through that so they can be so they can raise their ceiling so to speak. Uh, because if you give in too early, you know, it's the same thing that's going to happen in the course of the season. So we pushed them pretty hard. Uh, and now uh, we're in that point in camp where we want to continue to improve. We are a young team uh, with a lot of new faces. So improvement, consistent improvement is important. But we're in that that mode now where we're trying to improve while simultaneously building our legs back up so we can play fast in that first game. It's all we're trying to time it out so we feel really good as we get into that first game. So uh, we've kind of we've kind of pushed through that part where it should be the toughest part of camp, and now it should be improved while simultaneously building ourselves back up to play at full speed. So you mentioned some new names in building that chemistry. For those just starting to pay attention to the you know, college football scene here, take us through the roster a little bit and give us some names of some guys on both sides of the ball to be on the lookout for as the season gets underway. Well, we've got we've got good players on both sides of the ball. I mean, on the offensive front, we got Reese Spicer who was all camp conference last year as an offensive lineman. Mason Schloop is back as a big offensive lineman. I feel pretty good about our offensive line. We've got quite a few guys: Jordan Martell, Alec Ambrosia. We've got some guys that came in. Uh, uh, Deloach, Isaiah Deloach is doing a good job up front. 
Uh, our tight end situation is pretty good. Nas Johnson and, and Jad Delagala are doing a great job. And then, you know, Isaiah Williams is preseason all-conference receiver. Uh, so we've got some guys at every different spot, uh, Malik Thomas, and we've got a couple transfers uh, coming in and pushing all those guys to have a chance to play. I, won't, I don't talk much about the transfers until they start playing, but we do like our transfers. We've got quite a few guys that have come in and, and really embraced our culture. Uh, we've got a good balance of older guys who've kind of had put in a bunch of blood, sweat, and tears into this place. And then the new kids, the freshmen and the transfers are trying to make their mark as well. And all the positions we have on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Anthony wins and older players played a lot of snaps. Kamal Clark has really done a nice job in the secondary coming along. Uh, we've got guys like Tyler Boltwright in the secondary that are doing a good job. Gavin Bryson, uh, Tadrice Baltimore have all put their mark in the secondary, made some plays. Uh, at the linebacker level, uh, uh, we've got some guys that are doing a good job. Harold Miles has played a lot of snaps. So all over the field, defensive line, uh, Shane Manson's kind of getting healthy and, and starting to get in the mix a little bit. And, uh, Dylan Jones played last year. And then, like I said, throw in some transfers and some big guys up front, some some new faces that that people are going to see that are that were freshmen or redshirt freshmen last year, I think are going to have uh, bigger roles this year on both sides of the ball. So uh, there's a lot of old faces. And then and we've brought in about, uh, I think, like 12 transfers. Uh, so I'm very excited about those guys. And uh, and we'll see how what they when they put their mark on the program once we start playing games. I know the transfer portal is a, always a tricky situation in terms of, you know, keeping recruiting your, your own players to, to try to retain them. But also as, as you're trying to build up the Central Connecticut program in your first year here, it seems like you were able to take advantage of the portal. How, how big was the portal in helping to, you know, facilitate bringing in guys this year to help build your roster up uh, in your first year? Yeah, I mean the the transfer portal is a, is good and bad in ways. You know, sometimes it uh, if the kids are aware of what's going on, it's good for them. You know, but it's a, if they can put themselves in bad situations. But for us, when I took the job, I think there was about forty three guys on scholarship. We had four seniors that went through spring in terms of winter conditioning and and fully in spring practice. So we were a young team. So we were going to have to use the transfer portal to fill some gaps and create some depth. You know, we had depth issues in the spring at, at almost all positions. Uh, and so what we've used it for is to, to hopefully bring in some impact players at multiple positions, but also create depth and create competition because our our players that were here in the spring who thought they were going to roll in and have a spot are finding out that they're going to have to compete for that spot. And that makes all of us better. So uh, literally every one of those guys that we brought in, I'm very excited about. We, you know, with the transfer portal, uh, we were very careful and, and we checked on their backgrounds as much as we could. You're never going to be perfect, but we wanted to make sure they were hardworking, good quality people. And then obviously we wanted to make sure they had the talent to play at the division one level. So uh, the portal, it, it can be a catch 22, but we've really, we've really feel good about our, our kids that came out of the portal this year. And uh, you know, for me as a coach, I want guys that want to be here and I want to create a culture that our guys want to stay in. Uh, I'm not going to get too worked up when a kid says, if he wants to go somewhere else, that's that I don't like it, but uh, that's their, their choice. And I want to create a place where they want to stay uh, and do a great job. And I want to help these guys accomplish their goals and dreams, whatever they are. So uh, I feel good about the kids we brought in. And I think uh, we've done a good job evaluating both talent and character with these guys. You've hit on the, the culture that you're hoping to to lead and bring into this program. How, how would you describe that culture that you're trying to build here at Central? Uh, I want a family type atmosphere where guys, uh, first of all, I want it to be a fun place to go. Like I want positive people. I don't want negative people around. Uh, it's no fun for anybody. I want to be positive. I want our kids to be positive. Uh, we're going to coach them hard, but you know, I don't want football to be a miserable part of the day. I want it to be the most exciting part, the thing they look forward to. 
and I think we've done a pretty good job of that. We've got great kids who have come with a great attitude. Our football practices have been very good, even in the spring and, and into the fall. I feel like we've we've started the process of creating a good culture. And again, when you're young and you have a lot of young players, they're still figuring it out uh, how to do that day by day. You know, sometimes the the the, the workload gets overwhelming for guys that are younger. Older kids have kind of pushed through it in the past. So the the more we can continue to mature, will help us pursue that. But I like our culture. I like our kids. I think we spend a lot of time talking about team and letting them kind of visualize what we're looking for. And I think that's important too. With our leadership academies, we spend a lot of time talking about what we're looking for in terms of body language, sort of work ethic, uh, and those sorts of things. It, it seems like that the NEC this year, in particular, is going to be one of those conferences that's that's really up for grabs. How, how do you feel about the conference heading into the season? I mean, quite honestly, I haven't thought a lot about the conference uh, because we have so much to work on. Uh, I want to I want to be a team that gets gets better. Uh, my goal is to try to win the first game and then we'll figure out from there. Uh, we're not in position to uh, we'll figure out our goals as we kind of establish a baseline of where we are as a program. We may be a team that could be this conference, in my opinion, is very similar. Every team has a chance to win it every year. Yeah. Uh, when I was in it last time, I think we beat every team while I was here and we probably lost every team once, maybe not everybody, but it is a balanced uh, conference. Everybody's got similar resources. Everybody's got uh, strengths and weaknesses for facilities, for uh, scholarships, all these kind of things. There's variables that make everybody unique. But generally speaking, this league is is going to be a competitive league every year because everybody has a shot, in my opinion. To, and that includes us. We got to get this thing going where we can be competitive for it every year. That's my goal is to to be a team that that we're in the top three every year and we have a chance to win it every year as we go forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah. As you look towards your schedule, um, what's it going to be like for you on, on September 2nd? You open against AIC to get to walk out on the field as a head coach for the first time. Uh, I mean, it'll be unique. It'll be, uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot of, of emotions. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, it's been a goal of mine and I couldn't think of a better place in the world to do it. I'm so happy to be here. So excited about the kids and the community and the, the school. So it'll be, it'll be interesting how I feel. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for our kids to go play some football. I'm sure they're eventually going to get tired of beating up on each other and they want to go play somebody else and see where we are. So I'm very excited. I'm I'm excited for the kids mostly because they put in a lot of work. They're ready to try to uh, continue to build this thing forward, and we're looking forward. Uh, so I'm sure I'll have some nerves and all that kind of stuff, but I'm excited to see our guys play. Awesome. Well, Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know this is a really busy time of year for you, so I appreciate you taking a few minutes to, to come on the podcast. I know everyone's out there uh, excited and looking forward to seeing uh, what Central what the future is like for Central football under your your uh, leadership there. So. Best of luck this year. Thank you very much. And once again, thank you for your time and appreciate anything anything you guys can do for us. And please come out and watch us anytime you get a chance to. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great night. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosol's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosalsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. And, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I've got my red on today because we're talking with with, <laughs> with, with Coach Nofri of, of Sacred Heart. So, Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
So I want to start, just take us through. I know we're, we're getting here end of August. How's the, how's the off season been in, in you know, preseason camp been? Um, well, I, I think the off season started for us, obviously January 15th when the kids came back and, um, I really liked how we came out of spring ball. You know, we saw a lot of young kids step up and uh, take a lot of reps this past spring for us. Uh, we did have quite a few seniors and grad students last year. Um, so I was happy at the end of spring. Um, and then coming into the summer, you know, the kids go away for a lot of time in the summer here. But we had about 65, 70 kids stay this summer. And uh, so far, it's been great. Um, I really like the team makeup. I like the chemistry that we're creating. I like the senior leadership and, uh, you know, they're working their tails off. So I feel good so far, but again, we're heading into week three of preseason camp and I know everybody's itching to get to that September 2nd game, you know, and get the, the butterflies out and get going here against another opponent. So, but so far I'm very pleased with everything and uh, what they're doing in the kids and, you know, how they're coming together. As you proceed through the preseason, I know you mentioned being a part of week three. What are you doing at this stage of camp? Are you you really starting to kind of evaluate and lock down, you know, those starters in the depth chart? Is that at this stage or, or how does that all work? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a couple positions still up for, you know, um, to see who's going to win it. Uh, you have a pretty good idea. You should by now. Um, but you still got some kids coming back from injury, too, that you're trying to work in there. Uh, you're still still trying to solidify your special teams, and you're too deep there. Uh, and and pretty much at this point, you're starting to work on Lafayette stuff. You know, you're starting to look at them offensively and defensively and special teams, and and try and uh, put together plans and execute them, uh, and have the kids best prepared for September second. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be right here, right around the corner. I know. Believe, I know. believe it or not, as people are starting to get in the college football, you know, mood here. Take me through your, your roster a little bit and g give the listeners and watchers here s some guys to be on the lookout for as your team takes the field on, on September 2nd. So offensively, I think um, I'll start with the running backs, Malik Grant, um, Jalen Madison. Uh, you know, those guys have been pretty good players for us. And Malik has been all conference and offensive player of the year uh, in 21. You know, the quarterback situation, you could have uh, Cade Prabula or Rob McCoy. Um, obviously, you're going to see both of them during the course of the year. And uh, they both played a little bit. Rob played in 21 a little bit and some in 22. And Cade played a little bit 21 because he was a transfer last year for us. Um, so I feel good about them. You know, on the uh, tight end position, we got Phil Passmeg, who's a grad student who's been with us for three years. And then, you know, the receivers, you know, you look at Kevin McGuire, uh, LJ Haskett, um, junior college kid, Ethan Hillman, um, a sophomore, Abora, that played for us last year as well. So, you know, I'm anxious to see how they come around and how they continue to progress. Um, but again, we kind of know what we got Malik and Jalen at the running back position, which I think is our deepest position on offense right now. And we can run four guys through there and, and each one of them brings something different to the table. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I think our front seven is very good. Uh, Tariq Brown, Carson Primrose, Nick Foglia, um, you know, those guys up front are pretty good. You got DeAndre Bird, six-year coming back. Ernest Howard was all-conference last year at the other inside back position. Uh, Arsheen Giles, who was an all-conference corner for two years, is coming back for his senior year. Uh, and at the safety position, you have Marcus Mason, uh, who's a grad student who played for us last year a lot as well. So, um, you know, we got some experience there. I think the D-line has probably got the, the uh, best in terms of our talent-wise um, and experience together combined. Um, you know, like I said, DeAndre's a six-year guy, and Nick and Carson have been here, and Tariq Brown's in his fifth, fourth year, um, and they've all played. 
they've all played. But and our scene, like I said, it started since his freshman year, and he's an all-conference performer. So, you know, we got some guys, and I just I think the biggest thing for us is staying healthy uh, and going back and playing with that grit and uh, finding the makeup that's made us good and competitive and made us conference championships, you know, that we've won five out of the last ten years. So uh, those play a big factor in it, but I believe the talent level's there and what I talk to the team all the time about, it's not just about talent. It's about chemistry, makeup, how hard you play, your desire, your toughness. Um, and let's see what we have. We'll see if we can grind this out. I, I think one thing that you mentioned is really interesting, especially in this day in college athletics is having guys who stick around four, five, six years <laughs> there. I know, I know you don't see that as much anymore with the, the transfer portal and all the different options out there. How have you gone about you know, getting these guys to, to stay through, you know, four, five, six years? Uh, it's a good question because I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal. Um, and you're right. It, it's a, it's a revolving door. I think once your season ends and that portal opens the Monday after Thanksgiving, I think this past year, it's like, you got to re-recruit half your team. You know, everybody, they see kids going to portal and like, well, I'm better than that kid on that team. And, <laughs> you know, I should be going to this school. And I'm like, slow down, hold on. You know, like let's, Let's think about things here for a minute and, and reevaluate, you know, where are you at? And I get it. Listen, kids go to schools. They pick schools for a reason. And sometimes it doesn't work out. It's not the perfect world. And I understand that. Um, but it is tough to keep kids now for four years and especially for a fifth year. I mean, God, we talk about, you know, when you registered a kid in the past, it was easy. You know, you can't for that fifth year if they weren't ready to play. Now it's you may not have him for four, not alone five. So if he's good enough to play, I'm not saving him anymore. These kids are playing as freshmen because I don't know if they'll be back. You know, it's it's a revolving door, and I think it's opened a lot of different avenues for kids. Um, some good, some bad. I just I'm not a big fan of it. I think there needs to be some more rules and regulations in place. Uh, it's not just open door free agency, yeah. uh, and that's what it's kind of turned into. You know, we're we're a, a farm system for the bigger schools. You know, we're a farm system for bigger schools in FCS or even the lower level FBS schools, you know, and we've lost kids to those schools and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. As you you head towards this season, I, I know someone you, you mentioned earlier, and he's one of those returners in, in Malik Grant. You just, just talk through his game a little bit. I mean, you, you see the stats he puts in year in, year out, and they're yeah. beyond impressive. So what what's it like to coach a guy with that ability and talent there? Well, I think his nickname on uh, social media is Humble Malik or Humble Grant. So great kid, you know, um, works hard at it, loves football. He, he just loves the game of football. He's been a worker since he got here his freshman year. Um, not the biggest kid, but I'll tell you what, uh, pound for pound, he's one of the toughest kids on the team. He puts in the work in the weight room in the offseason, um, always walking around with a smile on his face. I think he was voted here in Mr. Shoe his sophomore year or junior year. Uh, so everybody knows him. Everybody likes him. And he's just a laid back, easygoing kid that will do anything you ask of him. But um, football wise, like I said, just tough, hard nosed kid that loves the game and puts in the time and all the success that he's had. I'm, I'm happy for him. And I love it. And hopefully it continues for him. As you look towards the, the season, I know the NEC looks pretty much up for grabs this year. I, I know you guys came in the preseason poll in, in third. Take me through what you think uh, of the conference heading into this season. I, I I think it's one of the better conferences around. Um, obviously, in the Northeast, the CAA is the you know probably one of the best two conferences in the country uh, for FCS. But I think the NEC is outstanding. I think from top to bottom, each week is another dogfight. Um, anybody can win the conference at any point in time. 
uh, you know, each week it's a it's a bloodbath, and you could go against anybody and think, oh, well, there's no easy games in conference. I can tell you that, and um, the conference has gotten better over the last 15, 20 years. And, and like I said, you know, it goes down. To, it comes down to basically who's healthy at that time of year. Are they playing well? And are you not turning the ball over? You got to have some luck too. So um, you want to hit that middle of October, uh, end of October stretch there. You want to be playing your best football and you want to be as healthy as possible uh, to make that run. And, you know, last year you look at St. Francis, they were outstanding. They were outstanding on both sides of the ball. Um, they had some good players at uh, the receiver position. Uh, the quarterback was a transfer who was very good. He's back. Uh, and defensively, they've always been known as having a tough, stout defense, and they were. They were up front, and they were in the back end. So uh, they had a good run, and they were healthy last year. So, that you know, like I said, they, that's what's going to play a major role in it. Are you healthy and you're playing your best football mid to late October? I know your, your focus is on Lafayette in that game you had in September, but I know a lot of people listening to this podcast uh, – have the date uh, towards the middle of November circled on the calendar when you guys head up to, to East Hartford to play UConn. <laughs> talk, to, talk about the opportunity for, you know, a school, you know, I know UConn usually gets, you know, that one FCS game a year to get to be that FCS opponent and go up and play them at Rancher Field. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously our kids will, it will be the first time in program history that we're playing an FBS opponent, which we've never done before. So um, obviously the kids are looking forward to it. They want a chance to compete against those FBS schools and I think see how they match up or have the opportunity to play against an FBS school. But um, obviously, you know, Coach Moore has done an unbelievable job. He's only been there a year. And he already went to a bowl game last year and he's got him to 500. I'm sure they're going to be better this year. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Uh for us, it first opportunity to do that, and you're going to be playing, you know, the flagship school, of the state of Connecticut, uh, UConn. And again, it's I have to look first at the first ten games we have in terms of the the conference games and uh, some of our non-league opponents throughout the conference. But I'm sure come November 18th that our kids will be ready to go, and uh, hopefully, like I said, it's the last game of the year, and I got you know some of my better players are still healthy at that point in time, but. It'll be a good challenge for us to see how we match up against them. And like I said, I think Coach Moore is doing a phenomenal job there. And um, I'm expecting, you know, a very good UConn team. You, you mentioned it's the first FBS uh, opponent you guys have played. Is that something you're looking to do heading into the future as well and continuing to to go up against some of these FBS teams? <laughs> um, yeah. So in 2024, uh, we have FAU scheduled. Okay. Um, and then in 2026, we have UMass. So I'm kind of dipping my tone slowly and a little bit here. You know, I want to go every year. Uh, let's just see how this pans out the first time. Uh, we'll play one next year, then take a year off, and we'll play UMass, and we'll reevaluate at that point. Um, I know a lot of FCS schools play, you know, one of the first couple of weeks they play an FBS school for, you know, a guarantee game. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not uh, I'm not one to say one way or the other whether I like that yet or not. Um, let me just find out how this is going to go this year or next year, and then we'll kind of sit back and if I want to do it every year or not. But, again, if the kids like it and they're able to compete and it's not, you know, something that we're way out of our league, then, yes, we'll continue to do it. Um, it's not worth putting the kids out there. Um, if you're going to get somebody hurt or if we don't match up well enough or they can't hold their own, then it's just not worth it. But if they like it and it's worth playing it, we'll continue to do it. Yes. All right. So we'll, that, that'll be a TBD. We'll, we'll see how things. Yeah, go. we'll see how this goes this year, <laughs> next year, and then kind of reevaluate. I'll wrap with this one for you. If I did the math right, I think this is year 12 for you at Sacred Heart today. Yes. All yeah, right. Yeah. So just 
you know, as, as we wrap here, take me through just what this journey has been like for you. I mean, you really have taken this program. You've made them a, you know, perennial contender in, in the conference here. So just what's it been like building this program to where it is right now? So um, I've been here 29 years now as an assistant and as a head coach. But like you said, this will be my 12th season as a head coach. And uh, I can't be more thrilled, happy, appreciated to be given that opportunity 12 years ago. Um, you know, I've had opportunities to leave Sacred Heart and I just don't. Um, I'm attached to this place. I came in year three of football. So I've, you know, I've been here almost since the beginning of it. And, um, you know, I've really seen the school grow, not alone, the, not alone, just the program, but the school, the facilities, um, the places, you know, it's really taken off and it, it's a privilege to work here. It's a privilege to coach here. Uh, I'm a sacred heart guy through and through. And I, you know, I always say I got the best job in the world. Um, people ask, you know, why don't you leave or why don't you explore something else? And I, I tell them all the times because of the people I work with and the people I work for. I just love coming to work and you got a lot of support from the administration and uh, the staff and the faculty here. And um, it's a great place. And I, and I say it all the time. It's a great time to be a pioneer and I'm hoping to continue this trend and keep us in the fight and in the hunt of the NEC championship every year. And again, I'm appreciative of everything I have here and, and what we were able to do the last 12 years. Well, coach, uh, as always really appreciate the time. I know it's a busy time of year for you. So thanks so much for hopping on and best of luck to you and your team this season. All right. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate you having me. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.